Want to get the edge in your Premier League betting predictions? Pinnacle delved deeper into the data behind all of the Premier League matches every single game week. We combine Pinnacle's sharp betting markets with the game's latest analytical metrics to help you find value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. We're back. The international break is done and I'm happy to report there will be no other international break till March. So it's Premier League football and some cup competition from here on out, at least for the next four months. So you can sit back, enjoy, as you always do. This is EPL Insights, uh, presented by Pinnacle, 25 years of having the best numbers on market. Gareth Wheeler, Jake Osgathorpe with you. Uh, how'd you spend your couple weeks off? Did you Were you um, glued to the international football, Jake, or did you get on with your life and do some other things? Very much the latter. Um, international football, especially this time of year, generally, when it's a qualifying campaign, it's kind of all done and dusted, just a load of dead rubbers. Um, that was what it was for England anyway. Didn't really have to get a result in either game. Very mediocre against Malta and North Macedonia. Um, but yeah, I didn't watch a single kick of England football um, over the international break. Don't really care for it until we get to a major tournament when it actually gets interesting. Um, but yeah, we did fortunately have a bit of lower league football on over here. So we got to watch a bit of that. Keep up to date with that uh, just to keep us ticking over because... Other than that, all you're doing is just watching the injury report and just seeing who's going to be out for the following Premier League weekend, especially when you've got such a big game to come back to as well. City-Liverpool just dangling like a carrot. Um, yeah, fresh <laughs> off the back of a 4-4 draw as well to just keep everyone, you know, wet the appetite even more. Oh, no, we'll have a break. And then we'll hit, come back with City-Liverpool. So, yeah, it's kind of a bittersweet. And, and Jurgen Klopp's obviously happy because the early game coming at the international break again oh, yeah. with his players coming back from South America. I feel like we've been here, done that before, deja vu. I was on the Canada call as the Canadians collapsed against Jamaica, so they haven't yet qualified for Copa America. We, we saw West Ham's Mikel Antonio go down through injury in the first leg of that in the first half, but still... Uh, Damari Gray might be playing his club football in Saudi Arabia, but a true difference maker, Ethan Pinnock, was good for Jamaica. So um, disappointing for Canada, yes, but a lot of Jamaican Premier League um, representation in that team, uh, more and more so in CONCACAF. So they'll be moving on to the Final Four of the Nations League. And next summer's Copa America, which expands to include six teams from uh, from, from CONCACAF joining the 10 South American side. So anyways, we'll, we'll move things forward. You're not here for that. You want our picks. You want our predictions for this week in the Premier League. And we're here to deliver in game week 13. As always, we'll go through our feature five. We will also uh, go rapid fire for the remaining five and share our best bets and favorite plays of the weekend as well. You said it like coming off another... It was actually a half-decent week for me. I think it just took a small loss, but it started off with a bang. Boom, Wolves. Boom, United being loon to nil. Boom, Liverpool over two and a half goals. Then a little bit of a thud, and the biggest thud came at the end because both of us, I think, were on Chelsea City to be a low-scoring, maybe a tight game. Well, it was tight. It was dramatic, but it turned into a 4-4 final. That was a big takeaway from the last match week, wasn't it, Jake? Uh, perhaps also Bournemouth beating Newcastle 2-0. The way that that Newcastle side has been affected by suspension and injury, it's something that 
teams like United have dealt with uh, to, to begin the season. But maybe really quickly before we get to this week's picks, um, your takeaways from game week 12 and what we learned and maybe what we can bring with us through the international break and into this game week. Yeah, um, seems so long ago now, doesn't it? But it was only a couple of weeks. Yeah, the, the City-Chelsea game was um, it was a great, great entertainment for the neutral. I also think it was a little bit concerning for the rest of the Premier League that City could have played that badly and still nearly win the game. Yeah. They were really bad on the day and they were apparently kicking the 96th minute away from getting three points at a place that Arsenal have, have only drawn. Uh, Liverpool have only drawn this season. Um, so yeah, that that was my big takeaway. I don't think City will play that badly maybe again this season. I know, give Chelsea credit, they forced them to play a little bit ragged and they took advantage when they could. But I just can't see them throwing in another performance like that um, for a long time, shall we say, because they were just so open. We never see them that open, do we? Um, see, I, I do think that was a, a bit of a, a worry for for the rest of the league. It just feels like they could be... I, I didn't realise this, but since I think it's since 2018 or 2019... Man City have never been top of the Premier League table after 12 games. Really? Never. Wow. Since 2019. So they've had four seasons, basically. This is the first time they've been top at this stage of the season for four campaigns. And I mean, they usually do all the damage at the back end of the season, don't they? Go on like a 13, 14 game winning run. They usually rein in whoever is in front. They give a head start out. This season, they've not given any head start. They're in front. They've got the nose in front. They've got an opportunity against Liverpool at home to get even further in front over a rival. Um, and they could really just drive off into the sunset. Yeah, I, I kind of felt that they might be five meters ahead, but if they had gone on to win that game, 10, 15, 20 meters ahead, it, it just maybe would have been too much. But the fact that they're still within touching distance of Liverpool and Arsenal, and a bunch of other teams are still in the mix as well, It the table might lie to a certain degree, but it feels like it, maybe it's a little bit closer and... City are still showing a few cracks from here and there. The, the, the underlying numbers are all decent, but they keep on conceding goals. And that that's something that's a little bit of a head-scratcher. John Stone's now out. I'm not sure when he's going to return. Uh, they're banged up like a lot of other teams through injury as well. So um, I, I just feel like the fact that they did draw that game, they're, they're still hanging around with the rest. We're slumming it with the rest, which is, I, th- I think, a good thing overall for the league and, and, and what we may look look out for here um, through the holiday season. Yeah, maybe. But um, like you said, they're, they're missing, arguably, or they've missed arguably the two best players this season already for most of the campaign. Kevin De Bruyne has not kicked a ball, really. Neve has John Stones. Um, so when they get back fit the second half of the season or maybe as we enter December, they might start entering the starting 11 again. Only going to get better, which is again worrying. And Doku's, you know, he's new to the league. He's been very good, but he's only going to get better as well as a young player. So I, I do think that these signs are pretty ominous. And, and Kovacic is the other one as well. He was brought in to be Gundogan's replacement. He's been injured quite a lot, hasn't really been able to find his feet. So you, you're talking three starting players there that haven't barely kicked a ball for City, and yet they're still top of the league. And yeah. Uh, it could get better. But yeah, obviously, I, I, the other end, the big story is the is the ten point deduction of Everton, well, right? That that's what I was going to say. Everton gets a ten point deduction. That's the big story of the international break. 
but I'm looking at 115 violations by Man City and whether yeah. something could be down the pipeline as well, which would really turn everything upside down. Um, Everton, of, of course, are appealing uh, that, that decision, but has big ramifications. A team on decent form now seemingly um, in the relegation zone. I, I still think they'll be okay because the three be promoted teams are just yeah. that bad. But, I mean, it, it's certainly a blow and certainly gives them much less or far less wiggle room in order to kind of navigate their way through the campaign, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, they'll be fine. Um, I think if you'd have said at the start of the season, Everton, you're going to have 10 points deducted after 12 games, but you're only going to be two points from safety. They probably would have been, okay. hell, snap your hand off for that. Yeah. Um, two, they, they're literally, if they win this weekend, they probably will get out of the relegation zone because I, I, you know everyone else probably are going to drop points again, given the fact that the three promoted teams have combined for, is it three wins? in 27 games combined or something daft like that, or 27 defeats in their 36 games combined. Although, although the fixtures it's, this week for the three promoted teams, they, they might actually be games that they think they can get something out of. All maybe, three playing at maybe. home, all three and against teams that are hardly powerhouses, all three opponents are in the bottom half of the table. So this could be the week, Jake. Could be the yeah. week. <laughs> they they bloody need it, don't they? <laughs> they certainly they need do. it. <laughs> uh, let's dive in. I don't want to dissect whether uh, the ten point deductions just or unjust because save that for another podcast. Our purpose is to let you know how we what the markets are saying and what we're looking at and potentially liking for this weekend. So let's get into our feature five. And it's the first game on Saturday. Boom! Out of the gate. First versus second, it's Man City against Liverpool from the Etihad at lunchtime Saturday. City, a wild 4-4 uh, 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 result uh, against Chelsea before the international break. Erling Holland scored a brace in that game. Now it's 13 goals through 12. Um, what's incredible in that game is that Chelsea came away with an XG of 3.49 in that game, which almost doubled the expected goals against that City had in their previous six away games combined. Uh, they haven't lost in six. They've gone over two and a half in their last six games in all competitions. They've been the first to score in five of six, but just one Premier League clean sheet in their last six games. City have won their last 23 home games in all competitions. Victory here would equal the record for an English top flight club in terms of consecutive home games uh, with the victory. Uh, they have the most goals scored with 32. Their expected goals courtesy under stat 27.91 is second best at home. 100% record through five games, 16 goals scored, three conceded. Uh, the 16 goals scored is impressive, but they're doing it on an XG, according to Understat, of just 7.93. It's kind of a crazy anomaly how much they're overachieving and taking advantage of the chances that they do have. Injuries are an issue. Kovacic out. Ake out. Ederson probable. Nunez out. He was withdrawn. All of them were withdrawn, by the way, from their national teams before a ball was kicked. And Erling Holland uh, left the game injured for Norway. Apparently, if it was a cup final against Scotland, he wouldn't play. It didn't matter, so he didn't play. So we expect Holland to play. Stones out as well. For Liverpool, a 3-0 victory at home. This is what they do. They win at Anfield over Brentford. Mo Salah with a brace and up to second in terms of the goal-scoring table on 10. 
Um, the XG in that game, relatively even between the two sides. Um, they Liverpool have gone over two and a half in five of six. Liverpool unbeaten in the Premier League in five, but two draws and a loss in their last three Premier League away fixtures. Away from home, haven't been as strong, not even close. 28.33 XG is the best in the Premier League, according to Understat. They've conceded the joint fewest goals as well, a level with Arsenal with 10 conceded. They're just 2-3-1 and one away from home in the Premier League. Nine points from six. Ten goals scored, eight conceded. McAllister returns to the team. Kenyatte, Gomez, Gravenberch all in training on Thursday. Mo Salah, by the way, has a goal and assist in his last eight games against Man City across all competitions. Uh, a 4-1 home win for City against Liverpool last season. And they beat them 3-2 in the EFL Cup as well. But they did lose 1-0 at Anfield last campaign. City no clean sheets in their last nine against Liverpool. They played to over two and a half these two teams in seven of their last eight meetings. And both teams to score has played in eight of nine. So a top of the table clash to get things started. Where you stand? Where's your edge or angle for this one? Um, I am taking a pro-Man City stance. I just think that for everything you've said um, around their injury issues, the fact that they've been a little bit Fortunate, perhaps, to have scored so many goals at home. I just think they're a much better team than Liverpool. Um, you know, much, if, if this game much better. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, especially with this game being at the Etihad. If it was at Anfield, it would be a different story. But um, as you said, City are just a relentless winning machine at their home base. Liverpool, relentless winning machine at, at their home base. Liverpool do not travel well. Full stop. Um, they've been really, really poor. If you go back to the start of last season, the, their record in away Premier League matches, is 1-8, drawn 8, lost 9, um, which is not the kind of record you need if you're going to be contending for a title. The expected goals data across that period is 1.8 expected goals for per game and 1.7 expected goals against per game. With That that against figure is a problem. That's just way too high. Um, they're conceding too many chances. And if they continue in that manner, which you'd have to say they probably will at the Etihad, just because of the way in which they'll play. They'll play open. They'll try and take the game to City, as they always do. They've got no Robertson, no Canate, so they're lacking a little bit of pace and presence at the back uh, to what they usually would be. Um, And then the other thing to factor in with Liverpool is the amount of players, and key players as well, that have been on international duty in South America, which I think they concluded their matches, we're recording this on Thursday, they concluded it on Wednesday. So they won't have touched down in the UK until maybe late Thursday, Maybe early Friday, depending on uh, times well, they, kick, I, I think, they, I think they kicked the, off. I think the games were Tuesday, not Wednesday. I think they finished Wednesday early hours in the UK. Okay. So, yes. With the, um, with the time so, they wouldn't have flown out until probably Wednesday gotcha. later. Yeah. But either way, they're coming off a long haul trip. They're probably not going to train when they get back. Um, it's just going to be tactical work. And then they're going to play the early kickoff on Saturday, which, as you mentioned off the top of the show, Jurgen Klopp is not a very big fan of the fact that Liverpool keep getting stuck at 12.30. But, you know, you've got Alexis McAllister, you've got Darwin Nunez, you've got Luis Diaz, three starters, really, for Liverpool's team that have all had to play, you know, in South South America and, and travel back. Brazil last time, too, the Argentina. Uh, McAllister exactly, did, so. yeah. Um, and Nunez has had a good international break. I think he scored two, two or three goals for, for Uruguay across their two matches. But again, it's like... <laughs> 
I don't think, you know, it, it's, it's always difficult to know what Klopp will do, whether he'll throw them straight in or whether whether he won't. Either way, I think they will be a little bit um, fatigued to some extent. That all that travelling is going to have a big impact. Whereas Man City don't have any such issues. I think Edison was the only one, but he pulled out of the squad. No. Um, so he was back home early. So that that is definitely in City's favour. Um, the bet I'm going to put forward is... City to win and both teams to score, which is at plus 207, which is a big number. Um, I was expecting to see it a little bit shorter. I was tempted to just take City to win. That price actually drifted. Um, so it's, it's bigger than what it was when I looked um, the, other, the other day. But yeah, we're talking about a team that's won 15 straight home Premier League games and nine of those games have seen both teams to score. So this bet has had a 60% strike rate over the last 15 Premier League home games against Man City. Uh, and as you mentioned, their attack overall this season is the second best in the league uh, behind only Liverpool. So the chances of Liverpool scoring, I think, are, are quite high at the Etihad. But I just think that this Liverpool defence won't be able to contain Man City. I could see it being a similar kind of scoreline result to what happened back in the last year, where I think it was it 4-1 that City won, um, or 3-1, or something like that. I can see this being similar. Um, I think this is a real statement game for City. I think they'll be able to do the business in Liverpool. Very good. Um, I like both teams to score at over two and a half at minus 124. I think that you're still getting enough juice there. I actually thought that that would be pushed a little further out. Again, City haven't had a clean sheet against Liverpool at nine. They played the over two and a half and seven of eight. And both teams to score has played between these teams at eight of nine. That's a good com- combination for me. Um, City, although they might go on and win this game, might. I, I think that you might be underestimating Liverpool a little bit. I'm very aware, aware of their away form uh, versus uh, the home form for Liverpool. But as if you've been listening to this podcast, understand I'm invested in Liverpool in terms of futures plays to go on the and win the Premier League. And this is a huge game. This is a huge opportunity against them. For a city side that just hasn't hit their full stride. I think they're still in second gear. They haven't hit third or fourth yet. And coming out of an international break, it might be a good time to add that variable of maybe a little bit of unpredictability, especially with players, important players, questionable in terms of their health and their fitness for Man City. I I, I don't know how fit Erling Holland is. Uh, Alvarez is one of those players, much like the Liverpool player who's been traveling o- overseas. So I, I just don't think that this is um, anywhere close to being a lock for City to go on and win this game. And I expect goals in this game based on the way that these two teams regularly have played. So at minus 124, that's a number I can back, and that's going to be my play for this game. I'm, I'm going to make it one and a half unit out of the game. Let's go. You don't like usually go one and a half. So, I yeah. don't. I, I don't. But City defensively, even in games where they've given up a very low expected goals against, they've still been conceding. They conceded four at Chelsea last time. Go through some of their games. Like, other than against Manchester United, um, <laughs> that's the only game that they've come away with a clean sheet of any distinction as of um, as of late. So that's a problem that Pep's going to have to solve. And I just don't think that that back line is necessarily settled. And we'll see if Ederson plays on the weekend as well. So, yep. The total in both teams to score, very comfortable making that play for one and a half unit. Anything else to add on this massive? It's a big game here, Jake, to get us started this weekend. It is it is a big game? Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it could be one of the games of the season as well. Um, just because Liverpool will want to turn it into a basketball match, and yeah. I think Man City will probably oblige. 
yeah. think just think City have got that a little bit more control um, than Liverpool have. But yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game. I know that Arsenal's level on points with Liverpool, but these are my these are the two contenders for me. I think one of these two teams is going to win the Premier League. So um, for this play, goals in both teams to score. For future plays, come on, Liverpool, go on. I can't believe this. I mean, I can't say as a United supporter, either one's difficult for me to say, but I'm backing Liverpool in this one. <laughs> Let's you have just it. said, "Come on, Liverpool!" So I think Charlie's going to click that up, and uh, you know that's fine. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's all about my bets, not against, not about who I support. You got to when you're a sports better, you got to work pragmatically here. It's it's not about Correct. who you support. So. Uh, let's move it on a little bit later in the day. Another big game, seventh place, Newcastle and 10th place, Chelsea, Newcastle coming off a two nil loss at Bournemouth and only a 0.31 expected goals courtesy of understat. They are depleted with double digit absentees. And I like to stress this. This is where my United fandom comes out. They're below Manchester United in the table. So somehow I, I like that one. Some just the table, I guess the table doesn't lie after all. Murphy, Byrne, <laughs> Botman, Anderson, Wilson, Tenali, Target, Barnes, amongst the players who are out. Hall unavailable as he's coming from Chelsea on loan. Um, Almiron, big question mark whether he'll be fit. Uh, Bruno Guimarães is back. Fabian Scher, Isak, both question marks, both at this point likely to make it back in the team, but we'll see. They have the fourth best expected goals still, the third best expected goals against still. They are 5-0-1 at home, 14 goals scored, three conceded. They've won their last four Premier League games at home without conceding, including a 1-0 victory over Arsenal. But like I said, the context with the injuries, difficult to, to, to know what to make of that. And they play at PSG on Tuesday in the Champions League. Good luck, Eddie Howe and company. Chelsea, 4-4 against City. Uh, Palmer is penalty in stoppage time during the draw against his former side. 3.79 XG after going over four expected goals against Spurs early, earlier in the week. So Mopo is finding something here with this uh, with this Chelsea side, at least from an attacking perspective. They haven't lost in three. Chelsea unbeaten in their last four away, including winning the last three and scoring four in back-to-back away games. And they do have the second best away expected goals against. that's it in five away fixtures. Despite a record of 4-4-4, they do have the third highest expected goals in the Premier League as well. Lavi and Colwell and Nkuku could make his Chelsea debut, most likely coming off the bench. Check the statuses of all three. Those are potentially three big players who look to be ready to return in some way, shape, or form to the Chelsea uh, Chelsea squad. Head-to-head, Newcastle won 1-0 at St. James's Park last season. Newcastle, no losses in three against Chelsea. Chelsea, no clean sheets in three. And they played the under two and a half in eight of nine. Newcastle right now, can you back them? Playing at home, a place where they play wonderful football. They play great football. Yet with so many players out, I just don't know how you can back them in this game. I don't think you can, not confidently anyway. Um, it's a difficult one because if you just looked at the raw price without any context, they'd be a bet at plus 166 to win the game. But, you know, like you, the long list of absentees, who the, who's going to play at left back for them? Um, targets out, Burns out, Hall can't play. Um, who's going to play at centre half? Shah's questionable, um, Botman. 
He he's out, and then who's going to play in attack? If you've got Almer on questionable, Isak questionable, Wilson not fit, Barnes not fit, Murphy not fit, like it's a proper skeleton eleven that's going to hit the field. And I think it's after starting the season with a very similar situation at Chelsea, they've actually got players back fit, and they've actually started fielding a consistent eleven, uh, which has mean meant that they could build rapport. Uh, means that they can start finding those little, um, you know, th- those combinations on the pitch, get to know each other a little bit more. And they've actually got a bit of a settled eleven for the last couple of games now, which I think is is quite important. Uh, and no, no extra injuries as well across the international break for Chelsea, which is huge. Um, yeah, they. I, I'm 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 going to ride with Chelsea on this. Uh, draw no bet, you're getting close to even money. Uh, there's actually been money for it. It was plus one oh four. On Tuesday, it's now minus 103. So it's dipped into the odds on territory. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea went off favourites in this game uh, when the lineups come out. Um, and the other thing, or there's two other things that I really like about Chelsea um, and the chance in this game is this is away from home. They suck at Stamford Bridge. They've had a really, really poor record. They've won once in 18 Premier League games this calendar year. Oh, sorry, three times in 18 Premier League games calendar year. Um, and once this season in seven home league games, which was against Luton, they've won three of their five away games. So they've definitely, for whatever reason, there was, I mean, obviously schedules come into it. They've been good away. Yeah, tough teams at good. home, but they've been good away from home. Um, and then the other thing for me is their performances against better teams have been really good this season. Whether it's because they're playing against teams that actually come out and have a go at them. Um, they can pick holes in that a little bit with some particular tactics and with the quality ball players they've got. Um, compared to playing like a, an Aston Villa that kind of sit deep and counter-attack away from home in that match, Nottingham Forest doing similar. Um, but yeah, they, they've won one, drawn three and lost one against teams uh, in the top six this season. So they've definitely done the best work, or to me anyway, looked better on the eye test. Um, playing against a better team. If you think about the first game of the season against Liverpool, they were arguably the better team on the day. They were really unfortunate potentially not to beat Arsenal a couple of weeks ago as well, where they were 2 nil up and then there was that freak Declan Rice goal that kind of got Arsenal back in the game. Um, obviously, the City result, they went toe-to-toe with City and um, you know kept up with them, if you like. So I think there's a lot to like about Chelsea's chances in this match. Um, it kind of all seems to be fitting quite nicely. Um Almost too nicely, you might add, that, that Newcastle could bite them. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll <laughs> with Chelsea. Um, I'm gonna do a full unit Chelsea plus Norton Asian handicap. Yeah, I'm making the exact same bet, but one and a half units at minus one hundred three for all the reasons. Wow. I, it's my favorite bet of the week. Like, just 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 take away the fact that Newcastle's playing at St James's Park. Add in the context that they play PSG in the Champions League on Tuesday, coming back from an international break with a skeleton squad against this Chelsea side that has found their form as fit players. They look deep. They look connected. They're, they're playing some decent football as well. I love that play. This is my favorite bet of the week. I'd actually, I'm tempted to make a secondary play. I'm not going to, but I would never discourage anyone from playing the under in this game. I think it's the only way forward for Newcastle is to keep things tight, KG defense. I just don't know who's going to be defending for them. Like, I don't know. So I'm going to stay away from that based upon Chelsea's recent form in terms of the the expected goals, um, the chances created. 
but I wouldn't discourage anyone from playing the under in this game at plus one hundred three as well on Pinnacle. But I'll I'll, I'll just stick with the Chelsea uh, Asian handicap draw no bet uh, minus one hundred three. So yeah, look at that we're, look we're at you. international break. We're on the same page. Yeah. That's what I like to see. Much more confident you're in going, my plays. You've gone big, yeah. One and a half unit plays on both first ga- uh, first two games is. Like uh, yeah. From here on out, um, my confidence in the plays starts to slide a little bit. Oh, I see. There's I see. peaks and valleys here, but uh, we're starting on a high with our first two. Uh, let's see yeah. if we can continue it on with our third game. Uh, spoiler alert, not as confident on this one. 14th place Nottingham Forest against my sweetheart Brighton. What's happened to you? They're 8th place in the table, but they're not scoring goals anymore, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries as well. For Forest. From 2-1 up to, in the second half, to losing to West Ham before the break, 3-2. It's their second loss out of their last three games. They did win and beat Aston Villa last time at home. And they had three straight home draws before that game. They're actually undefeated at home in the Premier League, or Forest. 2-3-0 this season. Eight goals scored, just five conceded. Uh, Awonyi is out. That was announced earlier in the day, like months that really takes away some much-needed punch in their attack. hudson Adoy is out as well. Just as Montiel's coming back, he's close to coming back, the World Cup winner. Uh, Alanga also pulled out for Sweden. Seems like that was more precautionary, but something to monitor ahead of this one. Brighton, a 1-1 final at Sheffield United. What? Adrinka scored in the sixth minute. I was like, come on, Brighton. And nothing, just frustration. Who was sent off in the 69th minute, lost his mind. He's suspended for three games now. And this Sheffield United equalizer came on an own goal in the 74th minute. And they only had a 1.09 XG in the game as well. That's three straight 1-1 draws for Brighton in the Premier League. They haven't lost in five overall, and they played to under two and a half in their last five games in all competition. What's going on here? Yet both teams to score has been playing uh, seven of their last nine. Away from home in the Premier League, two, one, and two. Ten goals scored, 11 against. Up to 10 injuries in this Brighton side. Ferguson, a bit of a doubt. Dunk a little bit of a, d- a doubt too. And Stupinian, Milner, they remain out. To who's suspended? March, well back. They're both longer term. Uh, even um, uh, Matoma pulled out of international duty with Japan. I expect him to play, but I guess at this point, we'll see. Head-to-head, Forrest won this fixture 3-1 last season. Not even Forrest, no losses in their last three against Brighton. They played to over two and a half in four of five. I love this Brighton side. The fixture buildup, I think, is kind of starting to hit them a little bit. Their depth is being tested. Uh, a difficult away travel to Nottingham Forest here for Deserby and company. What What do you make of this one? Yeah, this is this is um, it's a difficult one to call. I think if I'm like you, I'm I'm not overly confident on the play that I'm going to make, but confident enough and I think the price is too big um, I'm taking Forest on the handicap plus naught which is that where I'm, I'm taking it plus naught so we're getting a slightly bigger price as opposed to the um, 0.25 plus 140 is the price and that just looks too big for me uh, draw no bet as you said they're very good at home <coughs> Forest and since promotion their record is 110 draw 9 lost 5 so they've only lost 5 of their 24 home league games since promotion, which I think is extraordinary, really, yeah. for a team that kind of hang, battled the uh, relegation for you know a lot of last season. Um, 
And yet that tells us that obviously if you'd have made this play blindly across the last 24 matches, you'd be heavily in profit. Uh, the underlying data has been good for, for them across that period, 1.3 XG for 1.5 XG against, um, which isn't bad for, again, for like a team we expect to finish around 15th or 16th. Um, and yeah, they, they dealt with Villa really impressively last time out, a team that, you know, I think Forrest's whole thing is they, they're going to be tough to beat. They're going to work hard in the middle of the park and they're going to try and hit you on the counter-attack with turnovers. Uh, and they did that very well against Aston Villa. I mean, Aston Villa generally aren't a team that like to play against that. Uh, and I think Brighton fit that same category. I mean, you only have to look at the the results and the performances they put in the last three matches against Fulham, Everton and Sheffield United, three teams that will have definitely sat back and tried to hit the counter-attack. Um, yeah, they, as you men- mentioned, their attack is just completely nosedived late. Since they racked up 2.2 XG against Liverpool, they've managed just 0.96, 1.32, 0.44 and 1.09. Wow. despite playing Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, and they had a trip to Man City as well. So really struggling to create chances. Obviously, as you mentioned, build-up of schedule has had a, a massive impact on rotation of the players, but also injuries. And you're just looking around, and who's going to be the creative force for this Brighton team this weekend? Um, you know, Ferguson, as you said, is a bit of a doubt, but Dunk... As daft as it sounds, is one of the best creative players in terms of breaking line uh, passes, uh, breaking lines with his passes from from deep. Esther Pinyan's going to be out long term. He's a huge player down that left hand side for them. Um, Dahoud, and he's only just broken into the team, but again, he was one that was really good at, at advancing the ball. So yeah, I, I've got my doubts about Brighton in, in terms of whether they'll be able to create chances against this Nottingham Forest team. Um, I would have maybe played a full Forest win if it wasn't for the Awani news, because um, I, I think that he would absolutely terrorise whoever's at the back for Brighton. <clears throat> but with him out, I'm just going to be a little bit more cautious to take the draw no bet. Money back if it ends up in a draw, which I could absolutely see. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the player that Brighton missed the most, funny enough, is the left-back in Stupinian, because, mm. I mean, the way that he gets forward, like they have good cover at the back, that heck, Webster, Igor, but no one that plays that position the way he does. Lamptey might be back available to play down the play down the right this weekend, but they, they, I think you're right, just in terms of their creative influence, they need someone. I think Brighton can still score, but I don't want to touch the total in this game. And guess what, Jake? We're aligned again. I, I, I've I've a really? play, but I'm not as brave as you. I'm going to stick with with the Asian handicap on this one and have a play on Nottingham Forest at plus point two five. Uh, at what's the number here? At uh, plus one hundred three. So still a plus number. So if it's a draw, you you win half your bet on this one. Still a good number for me. You, I don't need to go back over the numbers, but you spoke to how well. Nottingham Forest plays at home. It's the only reason why they they remain in this division this season, and they've carried it over to this season. That Villa win was a big one for them against a really good team in Aston Villa, and I kind of feel similar about this game. Awunyi's out, but Wood, Origi, there's enough players that have proven they can do a job in short spurts in the Premier League that would make me confident enough that they can find a goal if they need one here in this game. So, yeah, I'm I, I looking at the world the same way as you again. Uh, Forrest, just, just one full, no one and a half unit play here. Just a unit no. play uh, on Forrest to hopefully come up with a result in this game. So there we go. I feel like I'm cheating on Brighton. I apologize to the Gulls because they're, they're my guys in this one. 
I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Brighton futures in terms of overall points totals, but uh, this this isn't the week. They need to get to start getting some players back. Um, so we'll see what that looks like. Let's move forward to Sunday. Another really good game this weekend. Fourth place Spurs taking on fifth place Aston Villa. Spurs are on 26 points. Villa's on 25. Um, Spurs undermanned. They lost to Wolves late. It was a 2-1 final to kick off game week 12. Um, Wolves, though, deserved victors. 1.91 to just 0.43 in terms of the XG. The goals came 90 plus 1 and 90 plus 7. I was backing Wolves, and I was jumping around my living room. Brilliant. Uh, the good news for Spurs, uh, Brendan Johnson scored, which was good. The bad news is that they were outshot 17-6, and they have a center-back partnership of Davies and Dyer turning back the clock of back-to-back losses. No clean sheets in three for Spurs. They've got over two and a half in seven of nine. Both teams to score in eight of ten. First to score in their last six games. Madison Vandeven out till the new year. Romero still suspended. Basuma suspended for this game as well. Udogi could return at left back. Uh, 26 points, but their expected point total, uh, according to Understat, is just 19.41. So they're punching above their weight, and that Spurs fade is finally coming back to reward us Spurs, uh, us individuals who have faded them over the last, over recent weeks. At home, 4-0-1, but just nine goals scored, six conceded. And the crazy stat, there have been five red cards in Spurs, their last four home games. Aston Villa. 3-1 3-1 home win over Fulham. They were up 3-0 and cruised it. 2.86, just a 0.85 XG in the game. They bounced back after the away loss at Nottingham Forest. No clean sheet in seven in all competitions. They've gone over two and a half in five of six. Both teams to score in six of their last seven. Now, Villa won seven games for their last nine in all competitions with a draw and a loss in the process. They have the second most goals in the Premier League with 29. Yet, however, away from home, Kind of like Liverpool, not as good. Two, one, and three. Six goals scored, 12 conceded. Up next for them, it's notable, Bournemouth away before they play both City and Arsenal at home. So this is going to be a real test for Aston Villa because they're perfect at home. Haven't lost a game. 6 0 0, 23 goals scored, five conceded. So they're away form. If you can just take it up a notch or two then potentially, you know, those Champions League spots might be attainable. Diego Carlos more likely to return with uh, Jacob Ramsey still a little bit away. Head-to-head, Villa won 2-0 away in this fixture last season and 2-1 at home. And these two have played to over the 2.5 total in 4 of 5. I kind of like feel like Spurs right now have a little bit of Newcastle in them. Great start. Uh, everything looked encouraging. But again, I think Newcastle have more depth than Spurs and are dealing with more of a crisis, but the depth is being put into question for Big Ange right now. And whether Spurs can maintain or keep things afloat, waiting to get some of these players back. Difficult fixture for them this weekend too, Jake, despite Villa struggling in terms of their away form. Yes, yeah, hugely difficult. I think the um, the styles of both teams as well makes it even more difficult for Tottenham. Um because we know how Spurs are going to play. They're going to set up to press high. They're going to play all-out attacking kind of football. And Unai Emery is a manager that, yeah, he'd probably like to do that in certain games, but he'll know this isn't the game for it. He'll know this is a game to sit deep, soak up a bit of pressure, win the ball, and break on what is a very slow Tottenham defence with Eric Dyer and Ben Davies back there. Um, 
I think this is a bit of a mismatch. I think it's a really awkward opponent for Tottenham, um, especially when they're missing such key players as Bissouma and Madison in terms of breaking up play, distributing play, but also creating chances. Uh, and we kind of saw that against Wolves. No Madison was a big problem for them. They struggled to create good chances and, and they defensively just looked really vulnerable in that match as well. I know Wolves created a couple of good chances late on to win it, but throughout, Wolves had decent opportunities. And um, I think Villa... They'll be more happy. Uh, they'll be more than happy to sit back, counter attack, and I think their away form is probably it's a little bit overblown. Um, how bad it is! Like if you go to St James's Park and fully fully fit Newcastle, you're not expected to win. Like new, nobody it goes there and expects to win. Not even Man City, um, or we wouldn't expect them to win. It's going to be a tough game. Going to Anfield again, like it wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool won all their home matches this season because they're so dominant at Anfield. Um, and then you're going to Nottingham Forest, as we discussed in the previous game. Is it that those kind of teams are difficult for Villa to place at, at sometimes because they sit so deep and the onus is really on Villa to try and counterattack. And Villa are still in that transition of wanting to almost they they want those fast transitions, whereas Forest just weren't allowing them to do that whatsoever. Whereas Spurs will Spurs will press high, they'll they'll turn the ball over high up the pitch, and Villa have the pace and and the precision to be able to break the press. So. I'm taking the same bet again uh, in terms of a handicap plus naught. Aston Villa, um, one unit play at plus 111. Uh, I'm shocked that we're getting this bigger price. I'm shocked that the line's actually at plus a quarter. I thought it'd be at plus naught by now. So um, I'm more than happy to take that. Same play. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Again, we're either going to have a really good weekend or a really bad one it's, it's, together. It's it's no bet week featuring Wheels and Oz. Uh, yeah, for for all those reasons, the better side at plus one eleven, uh, a, a draw you get your money back. It's it's just too good to pass up here. I guess a makeshift. The, you know Spurs back line and central midfields. I just, I don't. There's not much more that I I have to say about this. I I think we both rate Aston Villa. We both have questions about Spurs. Um, so let's follow suit here. The exact same play. You explained it well. No need. We can just move on to the fifth and final game of our feature. I wonder five. if we'll agree on this one. <laughs> I think we might actually. I think we yeah. might. I have a good feeling. Also on Sunday. It's 19th place Everton, which seems exceptionally harsh based upon the points deduction. Taking on 6th place Manchester United, which seems completely made up. It seems like fake news, but they're really, they're really 6th place. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, the big news was Everton's 10 point deduction, uh, which actually overshadowed a very good 3 2 win over Palace away. We both thought that the under was a way to go, but 3 2 was crazy. An 86 minute winner by, scored by Idrissa Gay in that game and a run where they're now undefeated in four with three wins in all comp uh, competitions for Sam, Sam Deitch and company. So, um, they are four, one and two in the Premier League in their last seven games. That's why 19th place rather harsh. Uh, 14 points overall, but their expected points on understat even higher. 18.23. They are just one, one and four at home, but the win and draw came in their last two games, including a good one, one draw against Brighton last time out. But in terms of XG and expected goals against, uh, they're in the top 10 for both, but they've just scored five goals and just conceded six at home. So th the numbers are a little bit out of whack, uh, out of whack. 
Uh, Onana is the big question mark heading this ahead of this one. He's being assessed after um, leaving Belgium through injury. For Manchester United, a hard-fought 1-0 home win over Luton Town. And if you're a United supporter, you don't care. You're taking that. Lindelof with the goal. United scored 13 goals in 12 Premier League games. Uh, Bruno Fernandes has three. Scott McTominay has three. No one else has more than one goal in this team. It's just wild. The 2.74 expected goals in that game against Luton Town, more encouraging, but the final product was not. They lost the Danish duo, Hoyland and Eriksson, to injury in that game. Eriksson is out. Hoyland, we'll see. Not quite sure, but let's call him unlikely. Uh, back-to-back 1-0 wins in the Premier League for Manchester United. Four wins in five, Jake Osgathorpe, makes them the form team in the Premier League. But just don't ask who they've played over the course of that five-game span. The loss came to Man City. The wins, uh, let's put it this way, not the best competition. Their bottom half in terms of expected goals and expected goals against. Three 0-2 away from home. Five goals scored, six conceded. But the three wins away are in their last three away matches in the Premier League. They also play Galatasaray in a must-win this week, away from home in the Champions League. Newcastle away next weekend as well. Uh, Evans is a question mark. He's been starting at left back. Luke Shaw's back training. He might start on that left side of a center-back role. The goalkeeper, Onana, the other Onana in this game, uh, had an adductor injury on international duty. He's a question mark. Juan Basaka will come back in after missing out against Luton Town. Head-to-head, 2-1 victory for United at Goodison Park last uh, season. It was memorable because it was Cristiano Ronaldo's last game and last goal for Manchester United. And guess who else scored in that game? Anthony. He can score goals, ladies and gentlemen. Actually scored there. United beat Everton at home in the league and the FA Cup last season. So what's the play here? Everton's been, despite what the form table says, I think Everton's been playing better football. Do a play in this game. I do, yeah. Um, No surprise, I guess. But I'm taking a draw no bet angle on Everton. Uh, yeah, I, this to me is the most obvious play of the weekend Wow! for a number of reasons. If you just put the underlying data of the two teams side by side and didn't tell anybody which team was which, but pointed to Team A as having a home field advantage, you would expect the home team to be favourite, just looking at the raw data, because they've been better in every single category this season. They've, they, they sit 10th on expected points, which is a place higher than United, they sit 10th on expected goals for per game, which is two players places higher than United. They sit 8th in terms of expected goals against per game. United sit 13th. Um, and yeah, they, Everton, they're 6th most expected points at home so far this season. Manchester United 15th in terms of expected points away. So if you're just looking at the raw figures, they tell you that Everton have been a better team than Man United so far this season. That is number one. Number two... This is Everton Football Club and they will have a serious us-against-the-world mentality ahead of this game after the 10-point deduction. They feel hard done by. They probably have been harshly treated around that. But there's going, to real, there's going to be a real siege mentality on Sunday at the ground within the changing room. Sean Dyche is going to really rev them up and get them ready to go. And I just think they've, you know, they, they've got a fairly fully fit squad, fully fit team. 
to be able to go out there and really, really give it to Man United. And I, I just think that this is, this is a really bad spot for Man United to find themselves in because Everton were just finding form. They're just starting to click. They look like an actual top half team. It's a tough place to go anyway. He's good at some park. And then you add that extra fuel to the fire that everyone in the ground is going to be massively up for this. And I just think this is a really, really bad spot for United. I'm, I'm all over taking Everton. I was tempted to take them to win, but that price is shortened just a little bit too much. They're now plus 175. I think if they're around maybe plus, 80, uh, plus 180, I would have probably taken a straight Everton win with a half a unit. But I'm going to take a full unit play on Everton on the handicap. Um, as you've said, United have serious injury issues. I know they're welcoming back a couple of players potentially, but you talk about the spine of the starting eleven that might be missing, like Onana, Martinez, Casemiro, Eriksen, Hoyland. Like they're it's basically the spine of a team. If you rip that out, then it's always going to be difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I just think this is this is a nice, this is a really good game for uh, for get Everton on side. Yep. I, I don't blame you for making that play. I think that Everton's Onana is an important player. I'd be keeping an eye on his status before making a bet. I, I do have a, a much more favored play in this one. And it's the under 2.75 at minus 117. That's still a number I can back. Because one thing that we know is United games in the Champions League, lots of goals. In the Premier League, there just isn't any. They don't give up much. They don't score much. Like that's just the way that things are. Who's going to score for this team, especially if Hoyland's out away at Everton? And I, I think that there, there has been a turn of form at the back a little bit with Juan Bissaka and Maguire, a little bit more stability at the back for Manchester. You know, they play better. You welcome Shaw back. I, I think they could be okay in that area. I think that they'll try to play that low scoring game and 2.75. Like I was considering taking that down to two point. Uh, 2.5, but I'll just keep it at 2.75, a full unit play with the unders in United. That's been a play that's been profitable in the Premier League, so let's keep on rolling with it. Any other thoughts? No, no, I see where you're coming from. I definitely would see this as almost like a a 1-0 either way yeah. kind of kind of game. Um, or the 0-0 is definitely a runner as well. I, I also think, just as a side note, I don't have the markets up at the moment, but I think this could be a very card-heavy game. Um, I think what we've got at the moment, we've got overbooking points on Pinnacle at four and a half is a line at minus 139, which kind of says what I think in terms of it's going to be quite card heavy. I think there's a good refereeing appointment for this. I think it's Brooks, John Brooks. Um, he's had four, given four red cards in nine Premier League outings this season. So um, maybe look at back in a red card. I also think that Anthony to be carded could be of interest just because of the the fact that his toys come out of the pram very, very quickly. And I can just imagine the Everton fans that are really close to the pitch at Goodison well, Park giving him a hell of a lot of stick. If, if if he plays, he hasn't been starting, but if Hoyland doesn't play, does he put Rashford through the middle and down, down the, the right? You can show on the left. left. Yeah. Could be what, 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 what we see on the weekend. Uh, we will see. Um, as long as Martial doesn't play for United supporters, I think they'll be <laughs> – that's preferable. He can't run it. He's like 28. He can't run anymore. It's absolutely bizarre. Uh, let's move things forward to rapid fire. 19th or 18th place, Sheffield United taking on 16th place, Bournemouth. Do you have a play for this game? I do not have a play for this game. Happy to leave it alone. I do have a play. Um, both teams to score yes and over two and a half at plus 117, a full unit play. The reason, 
Sheffield United, 19th at expected goals against. Bournemouth, 18th. Sheffield United, no clean sheets in nine. Over two and a half in four of five. Bournemouth, over two and a half in six of seven. Both teams to score for Sheffield United, four to five. Bournemouth, four to five. These are two bad teams. Neither one of them can defend. I think that both teams will score. Who's going to come out on top? We'll see. I have no clue. But both teams to score in the over. Let's roll with that. Jeez, neither team can really defend. So let's go. Uh, 20th place, Bournemouth. And taking on ninth place, West Ham. Or sorry, twentieth place Burnley, I should say, taking on ninth you got place carried away, West Ham. Carried away with your Bournemouth bet there. Didn't very you? excited. Uh, yet there's <laughs> Burnley, the first side in English top flight history to lose their first six games at home to begin a season. They can't lose seven in a row at home, can they? The first team. What do you make of this? Do you have a play here? Uh, I don't have a play, but I would not be shocked if they broke that record. Wow. I have a note here, and I was non-committal to my play. I put tempted to play Burnley at plus 0.25 <laughs> at plus 106. Mikel Antonio out for West Ham. Jared Bowen came off hurt as well. I need to understand their statuses. I'm not going to make an official play for this podcast because it's very difficult to back Burnley. But if there was a time to back Burnley, this would be it. I said the exact same thing, by the way, on the podcast a few weeks back about Sheffield United. They went on and win that game. I think that Burnley can do something here. But What, what I would say brave. is that West Ham are too short. So the value for me would be signing with Burnley. Like Palace went off at plus 130 yeah. to win at Burnley. Um, West Ham at plus one, 114. Are West Ham that much better than Crystal Palace? West Ham are bottom five as well in expected goals against. No Bowen, no Antonio, no party. Um, I'm going to come back to that one. I do not have a bet for 17th place Luton Town hosting 13th place Crystal Palace. Do you? I do, yeah. I'm going to have a, a small bet on a big price. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take Crystal Palace to win and both teams to score at plus 390. Wow. Which a is a big number. Yeah. Um yeah, Palace welcome back Eze and Elise before the break. Yeah. I think we can expect them to be just a bit more, well, just a bit better going forward now they've got their best creative players fit and available. Um, I think that what we've seen from them so far this season has been classic Hodgson in the sense they've been very low scoring, dull games, and then the occasional splash of a high scoring game. I think we'll start to see a little bit more high scoring from Crystal Palace now these two are back because I think they'll be able to create a lot more um, and you know the best results so far this season have come against teams in the bottom half. Uh, all the defeats have come against teams in the top half. Um, what, they've won three away from home already. They've already gone to Sheffield United and Burnley and won. Um, but unlike those two, Luton have actually shown capability of scoring at home. Um, they are winless, but they're averaging 1.6 expected goals for per home game, which is really high. Um, and half of their defeats this season have come with both teams scoring. So I just quite liked the price. I'm going to do half a unit on Palace and both teams to score. Brilliant. I consider making a play plus 111 for Palace to win outright. I, I know that Luton Town has been much better at home, but these I think just hearing you say that, this these are the types of games that Crystal Palace wins. They, 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 yeah. they just do. They're tied. 
for third with the most away points with 10 on the season. They beat a good away side as well. You know what? Let's, let's do, let's do a half play Palace to win at plus 111. And I'm also going to add, go back and add a half play on Burnley on the handicap at plus 0.25 at plus 106. So two half plays, two games I was going to avoid completely, okay. but. For the purposes of the podcast, hey, I'm up. I'm profitable. We're up like ten units. Let's go. Let's uh, let's go with my gut here. Uh, let's go on to dinner time on Saturday. Eleventh place Brentford in third place Arsenal. I've already played this season in the EFL Cup. Arsenal won at Brentford one 0 in that game. There are some question marks when it comes to fitness for Odegaard and White. Jesus does return for Arsenal in this one. Do you have a play? Yeah, Brentford on the handicap, um, plus three quarters at the moment. I'm surprised it's it's that much, to be honest. Um, Brentford's home form is utterly ridiculous for a team that's not in considered to be a top six team. Uh, since the start of last season, they've won 12, drawn 10 and lost just three at home, um, which is remarkable. The XG process over that time, 1.9 expected goals for, 1.3 against um, and it's since the start of last season when facing big six teams at home, they've won three, drawn three and lost just one. Um, which, again, if you're backing them blindly with this handicap across those seven matches against big six teams, you would be well in front. Um, and yeah, Arsenal away from home. The record's okay. Won three, drawn one, lost one. Um, the last away game was defeat to Newcastle. They were fortunate to get a point at Chelsea before that. Uh, and I think the key thing for me with this bet is obviously taking the plus plus uh, 0.75. We've got half a bet on avoiding defeat, half a bet on losing by one goal, which obviously gets your money back. Uh, and Arsenal's away games, especially this season, but also last season, were very low scoring, 1-0 kind of t- kind of games. They've already been to Crystal Palace and won 1-0. Um, this season, they've already been to Everton and won 1-0. So even if I, I, Arsenal do win, I think it'll be by a single goal margin, which obviously means that we get half our money back. Uh, but I just think they're worth taking on in this game. I can't believe the disrespect Brentford have been shown in this market. Same play, one and a half units. Brentford plus 0.75 at minus 112. That's the play, absolutely. It wasn't a 3-0 game at Anfield against Liverpool. They had 16 shots in that game. Brentford have won three straight at home before that. And they actually have a better expected goals, courtesy of Understat, than Arsenal in the season. 23.3 to 23.06. Um, on top of that, Mr. I can't stay focused for a full 90 minutes. Aaron Ramsdale will be playing as Davirea can't play against Brentford. And with the questions around Odegaard, let's go. Brentford, we're both yep. backing them. They're worth it. Uh, and finally, some Monday Night Football, 15th place Fulham taking on 12th place Wolves. Do you have a play to round out the week? Um, I don't have anything down for this game. Uh, I've just looked at the market again, and Wolves at plus 200 is a big price. Oof, it is. banging form. Come on, um, let me make a suggestion to you. Wolves draw no bad, because that's my play. Wolves draw no bad at plus 115. Craig Dawson suspended, but this team is legit. The way they played against Spurs last time, it impressed. They've been impressive all season under Gary O'Neill. Get this. They have 16 goals through 12 games this season. Wolves scored 31 all of last year in 38 games. They're athletic. They get after teams. This Fulham side as well, no Polina for this game. Like the muscle, the strength in the midfield. And without him, 
to be honest with you, I, I still, I still like this Fulham side, but they look a lot more meager without Polina in their team. So a Wolves draw no bet at plus 115. It's the week of draw no bets. It's screaming out for you to make that play, Jake. I'm going to do a full unit. Yeah, I'm going to join you. Why not? Yes. I, I like your I like your reasoning. I was leaning towards Wolves at the prices. They're definitely a team trending in the right direction. Um, and yeah, Fulham Fulham's attack is just appalling, to say the least. Um, you just look at the XG that they've actually created the third fewest expected goals in the entire league behind Sheffield United and Burnley, which are the current bottom two. Um, which kind of makes sense with the eye test, to be fair. Whenever you watch them, they never look like scoring. And obviously, they don't have a Mitrovic to put the ball in the net when they do create a chance. So, yeah, I, I like Wolves as, um, I like what Wolves have shown in recent weeks. Um, I, I, I like the play. I think odds, odds against for a draw no bet when Wolves, in my opinion, are the better team makes sense. So, yeah, is that four or five, six? That we've got the same bets for. Yeah, we're we're aligned. Jeez. Even even on the city Liverpool, we both like the both teams to score. It's just the result. Like we are we are basically aligned across the board here. This could be really good or really bad. Well, I've I've been I've been <laughs> I've been red hot. It's only when we go head to head where it's where where it seemingly turns against me. So let's keep this going. A bet for every game for me. Two half plays, okay. I struggled to get there. I initially put no bet for both, tempted by, and we finished that off. And three bets, uh, 1.5 units for me. It's very rare I do that. So the three games I like. Do you want to share your best bet of the weekend before we wrap things up? What What do you like the most, Jake? My best bet of the week is probably um, Everton. Oh no, no, he's probably Man City to win in both teams to score at the price. Um, yeah, plus 207 against Liverpool in the, in the first game. Uh, I expected that to be a little bit shorter. So, yeah, that's my favourite. Like Chelsea, draw no bet. I like the both teams to score and over two and a half City, Liverpool. I like Brentford. Those, those are my, I, I like all yeah. three of them, Brentford on the handicap. So, as always, please like, subscribe, tell your friends, spread the news. Um, this podcast, we're in the business of trying to make money and get our predictions right. And so far, so good this campaign as we dig into the data provided by Understat. Jake, where can people follow along with you and the fine work that you provide on a week-to-week basis? At Jake Oz on Twitter and writing for sportinglife.com. Uh, it's not Twitter, it's this, X. X, X. X. Well, if I type in if I type in Twitter on Google, it still t- comes up. Yeah, so yeah. until that changes, okay. <laughs> I'm Gareth Wheeler. Uh, follow Pinnacle on Instagram as well. Gareth Wheeler there. Our YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify is where I listen. Um, do yourself a favor and please subscribe. On behalf of Jake, I am Gareth Wheeler. This is the EPL Insights for Game Week 13, presented by Pinnacle.